0: Yo, this is BJ Gador, host of the weekly BJ podcast. I'm a former fat guy turned cover model and I'm also the former fitness director for the Men's Health brand. I specialize in helping busy men and women just like you burn fat, build muscle, and boost metabolism while having a little fun along the way. And I'll be interviewing some of the most influential men and women in the health, fitness, and nutrition space to give you a weekly dose of Fitspiration. Follow me everywhere on social media at BJ Gador, B-J-G-A-D-O-U-R. And for more podcasts, plus workout, meal prep, and mobility content, please visit thedailybj.com Hashtag not a porn site Membership is just $9.69 per month, cancel anytime. If you enjoy this episode, please give us a 5-star rating and subscribe to the podcast To be notified when each weekly episode is posted Oh Yo, BJ Gador with the Weekly BJ Podcast. And we have, I mean, you've seen this movie before, coal Miner to Cover Model, the fitness version of Ben Stiller, Corey Gregory. Uh, this dude is uh, one of the most passionate people I know in the fitness industry. Uh, I came upon him and what he was up to early on when I uh, just graduated school at Amherst College. And I was looking to try to you know, build personal training and also look into the online stuff. And he was one of the first guys you know, back around 2005, doing online personal training. Uh, it was called T3 Personal Training. I never, I'll never forget when uh, you know, because I was kind of learning from Corey, and he made me at one point the regional director <laughs> for. Uh, I don't know what that meant. I, <laughs> all I knew is that it was. I was really excited to come home and tell my wife about it, and I thought <laughs> we made it. Uh, so it's just so funny, man. Like I, I say this all the time. I don't care what industry you're in. If you've been doing something for more than a decade. Uh, you belong to be, uh, you deserve to be heard. You belong where you are because it's so hard in any space. I think you can attest, uh, to how difficult it is to be, to find any longevity in fitness as a, as a livelihood. It's very difficult. you got to really, uh, know your stuff and you've done so much stuff. I'm so excited to get you on, on the show to show today and share your story and all the cool things you've got going on. Welcome to the show, man. Thanks BJ.
1: It's funny. If we think back, like 2005. I'm pushing online training. It's not even a thing yet. No, like that. Like when we when we re met each other about a decade later at the Reebok conference, and you 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 mentioned that I had forgot about it. I mean, we've been both doing this for a really long time, right? Yep. And I knew that obviously I had been we had worked together. I I, I just I never thought about the story till you got up and said it, and I was like, these people were doing this online stuff. Like I was way ahead of the game. And um, I just thought it made sense because I had looked into how motivational speakers did coaching and I was just like, well, shit, I could do that from a fitness standpoint. Why not? Right. And I think that I've just had that outside the box mentality that, you know, very early I built a local business, but shortly after I was looking at how to spread out, you know, worldwide way before that was really a, a thing, you know what I mean? So
0: I do. And you know, that's uh, both you and I, I think have been victims of being too early to market with things. Like I, I came yeah. out with the first streaming fitness platform Stream. in 2011 and now everybody's doing it. But when I came out with it, I had to basically create the, uh, programming in the site cause it wasn't available. Like now you can get a membership site with streaming video, yep. like super easy, super inexpensive, And uh, so, you know, but you learn these lessons along the way. And uh, I mean, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff today. But, you know, first and foremost, again, like I wasn't joking about the whole Zoolander thing. And have have you seen that movie yet? By the way, when we first did a podcast, when I was doing the men's health podcast, you said I haven't even seen that movie yet. Please tell me you did did your homework. Not not start to finish. I've seen all the classic. Um, you know, uh,
1: kind of coal miner model uh, scenes. I think that most people know. I, I've never watched it start to finish. I'm not a big movie guy. I'm not really a big TV guy in general. I think I just, uh, it's hard for me to sit down for a long period of time other than watching like a main sporting event that I'm into. But I, I'm fully aware of what Zoolander is. I've been called the real Zoolander for a really long time now. And uh, it's <laughs> kind of funny that they would even think to make that uh, a thing. Like, I, I just knew that when I was coal mining at, you know, 18, 19 years old, I was like, I want to be a model. I want to own a gym. It's just
0: funny that it was, uh, that it, it got made fun of at some point, but it actually happened to me. And, <laughs> and, and you said it out loud. And what do the guys around you think about you? Like, who's this, this guy with delusions, oh. delusions of grandeur and, you know, he'll be doing this his whole life.
1: Yeah. They, they were, you know, it's funny cause I was a red hat at the coal mine, which is like college help or like, A black hat is like somebody that's actually official, like on full time. Like I was working a bazillion hours, but they knew I was there for, you know, five or six months just to save money for college. And so they're like, you know, Hey, college boy, you want to be a personal trainer? you going to be like Richard Simmons when you grow up type stuff, you know? And that's like the only personal trainer the coal miners knew is Richard Simmons, which is a pretty, uh, I mean, he made a lot of money, I'm sure, but that's not who we probably aspired to be like BJ is Richard Simmons. I'm guessing
0: speak for yourself.
1: (laughs) (laughs) although I've seen your content you're a little bit closer than I am yeah a little bit but at the end of the day it's like that's what they could conceptualize which is kind of funny because in Ohio 20 years ago rural Ohio I mean no one's making money personal training no one makes money owning a gym it's like the guys work 15 hours they come to the gym or in their basement and bench 400 pounds of steel-toed boots and that's what I grew up around but weightlifting was always a priority. In my family, I'm a fourth-generation coal miner and weightlifter. My great-grandfather is the one that started that trend. And to this day, my chalk ball inside of Old School gym is part of his old barbell set. When they used to be round on each side, I've got that round ball split in half, and that's my chalk bowl from eighth, late 1800s. So that's kind of cool. And it's it's really just like I tell people all the time, I couldn't. I couldn't stop it. That's all I wanted to do. That's all I. Re- every study hall, I'm writing workouts every day. When I get home, I'm, I'm training. Everything I'm reading has nothing to do with school. It was nothing about. It was all Arnold. It was all Franco Colombo. Like it's the only thing I love to do, and I just I was obsessed with it. Uh, probably from 13 years old, old on, and that's why I kept telling my mom like this is the only thing I like, and and I don't know. I got to figure it out because I knew that coal mining, I knew that working in the sawmill, I knew that none of that was for me long term. I just, I wanted to be passionate about something and I had to, I had to find it out. So I was on that path. man.
0: I I love that, man. And there's two things that come to mind. You know, I know you and I both do our best to answer as many direct messages as we can and, you know, interact with people that follow us. But uh, two of the common questions that I get, I'm I'm wondering if you get the same are, you know, how do I get my start as like? You know, a personal trainer or into fitness or modeling and all this stuff. And the other question I get is, uh, do you have any guidance for how to get motivated? And so that, so that second question is like, that's like uh, Jerry Seinfeld said. Like he was asked to come and speak to a bunch of uh, stand-up comics, and he says it was like a class, a workshop. He goes, I hate to tell you guys this, but the sheer fact that you hear this workshop is not a good sign, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and if you're looking uh, for that for guidance on motivation, it's not part of your DNA yet. It's not part of your culture and, uh, it will always be an uphill battle. And, and it pains me when someone asks that question, because I know at this point they're not ready to receive my help. You know, it's like no, trying yeah. to drive a car without an engine. If you don't know inside who you want to be, what you, what you want out of your body, your life, uh, you can go to anybody yeah. the best at what yeah. they do. And, and the information falls on deaf ears. Is that something you come across a lot? Yeah, I think, um, I come across a couple things.
1: Uh, one is I think a lot of people know what they want to do. They're just scared. I think that somebody in my exact situation could still be in that coal mine, even though they wanted to be a personal trainer, even though they wanted to be a fit because it would just been easier to do that straight up. I mean, I think that there's a lot of people I meet, they know what they really want to do, but they either can't conceptualize that it's possible or they're just scared to try, or they're just not willing to put in the work that that it's going to take. And so to your second question is, if they are looking for, you know, motivation, they are just, they're lost because I don't know, once I identified what I wanted to do, I couldn't deny it. It was undeniable. I've never really needed uh, a lot of, now there is some uh, external motivation. I think that Derek Thomas is the world and things that we dial into other podcasts like this to keep everything the fire going. Right. But I I tweeted something the other day that said, external motivation will get you rolling, but internal motivation is what creates change. Like the fire that's in my stomach to change generations of Gregory's that doesn't go away and I'm not done yet. Right. So like, that's why people are like, gee, you've already done this many things. You built these businesses. You made plenty of money. Like you've set an example. And why are you still getting up at three in the morning? Why you still want to die in? Why, like, basically, why would you, why don't you take your foot off the gas? And honestly, my answer is because when you take on what I wanted to take on, which was truly create change, like the, the family tree was going one direction. And then after it hits me, shit's all different. And, and I wanted to create this monumental shift in the Gregory family of how we operate financially, how we look at what's possible in life the way that we live life, the lifestyle. And it's not just about money, but it's about taking control and freedom of your own life. And the way my, my kids see me operate is like, you know, if my kid wants to be a YouTuber or he wants to go source, uh, you know, yo-yos from China, which we, we did one day cause he was about to have his own yo-yo brand was one of his ideas. Like that's the kind of stuff I want to cultivate, man. Like I wasn't thinking about that kind of stuff when I was 12 years old, Like you know what I'm saying? Yep. So I think that it, It comes down to, I knew what I wanted early, but it wasn't very clear on how I was going to get there. I had to create that, but I wasn't, I was not scared to do it and I didn't care. See, a lot of people have these people in their lives, BJ, that say, oh, well, this guy couldn't do this or, you know, you should go to school or all these things. Like, honestly, my family was never pulling on me like that because I don't think I had any expectation, not because I was some loser. But they just really couldn't even conceptualize what I was even trying to do. So anything that worked was a was a, a win. They're like, Okay, you wanna go do that? Cool, like they couldn't really support me financially. They could help me like, you know, Ron you know, rah rah, if they need me to help paint the walls or support you or come up and do whatever they was always there, but No one was really putting a limitation on me like I was some screw-up because I didn't go to college or I didn't whatever. I never really had that pressure, which I think was helpful for me because I feel like anything was a win outside of what I was already doing. I knew I could do that for 30 years.
0: Yeah, man, and I think it comes to to that point that – it's got to be bigger than you. Right. I mean, you basically wanted to change. Yes. The lineage, you know, the legacy. Yes. Um, and it's so funny. It looks I guess great minds think alike. I just I posted something on Instagram recently because I was getting this motivation question a lot because right around this time of recording, you know, the Super Bowl just passed. And most people have already given up on their fitness new year resolutions and just wondering why they can't do it. But I posted yep. uh, external motivation is fleeting. Internal motivation is undefeated. And because uh, I, I did, you know, I did an assessment of myself and looking at all the, the faults I have, all the things I still need to work on. But it's just been that consistent drive of once I set my mind to something, no matter what it took, I was going to try to find a way to get there. And, and to that question of people looking to get into fitness now, I mean, the, the approach I take and, and you you might be more optimistic than me. I'm kind of a more I like to start with more demotivating people. Get their expectations mm-hmm. way down and then and ground them and take all the excitement and bullshit out of it so that they really know they want to do this. And when most people tell me they want to get into fitness, I tell them bad idea because <laughs> it is so it's so crowded. There's no barrier to entry. And typically the only way to make it now, unless you're willing to grind for a decade or more, is to look like a unicorn. Right. You know, be beautiful or, you know, take drugs yes. or augment your body and, and attract attention through superficial qualities versus knowledge. And I don't, I didn't even oh, know no I mean, if, if I could do it these days. What do you say to people looking to enter this space today?
1: Yeah. What I say is that I spent a decade building a local business first. Then I spent a decade building, let's call it an internet or product based business. Like a lot of people don't understand how long it takes. And I've ran into that, um, over time with, with people that are associated with me and then unassociated with me. They, they believe that they huddle up beside me and they're entitled to part of it. And so I've done told everybody that I deal with, I help. If I put shine on you, it's because it's either warranted or we're working together or you've earned that. Like, like that I'm like, I want to bring you into the fold just because we're cool. And you huddle up next to me. You ain't guaranteed shit. And I, and I, that's the thing that people get a little twisted is like, they feel like they're entitled to some of it. Well, motherfucker, you wouldn't hear 10 years ago when I was personal training, after I got out of the coal mine working 90 hours a week, I was the one that took the chance at 20 years old to open my first facility. I was the one that did like motherfuckers weren't there with me. And also, are you willing to sacrifice everything? What I lo- I don't really like Tom Brady, but what I love about Tom Brady is that Giselle talked about. Is this other person willing to give up what Tom's willing to give up? And the answer is probably no. That's why he's the greatest. And so I'm not saying I'm some great dude. I just say I'm consistent and I'm probably going to win because I ain't going nowhere. And until you can match that, until you want it as bad as I, I want it, like that's what it truly takes. So just starting a YouTube, just, you know, having abs, that ain't enough. Like the shit that I'm working for is way bigger than me. Like my great grandkids will know what I did. No question. Because I'm the dude that said, boom, it changes here. And like when you put that gorilla on your back, BJ, that's something completely different. That's, that doesn't – the 3 a.m. alarm clocks, they don't feel as difficult. The, the, the terrible things that I went through from changing business to business, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Quit? No, you got it. Arnold told me straight up. It's all how you respond to things. It's all he's had his share of controversy. It's all how you stand back up. And so, like, if you want to build any business, not to mention the saturated ass fitness space that's fake as fuck half the time, all these people taking drugs, all these people selling you a dream, dude, it's you got to really you got to really have it. I think you gotta have what where your space is, what your narrative is, what your passion is, and then you gotta put your head down and there's no shortcut. Now there's might be some people that hit viral and blow up, but is that long term? Can they sustain that? Like I am undoubtedly a fitness person. It's what I eat. It dominates my thoughts. It's what I breathe. It's what I wanted for myself. It's what I want to do. I look at guys like Louis Simmons. Louis Simmons at 70 years old still pushing content because you know what? He's Westside. When he walks in Westside, that's his life. Like I feel the same way. Like I do business and I've done well at business, but business isn't the first thing I think about. Training is the first thing I think about. That's why I talk about, I tweeted the other day that, you know, training dominates my thoughts, business pushes me mentally. And in the results, what can, the results and the rewards are what keeps it going. But at the end of the day, like what I'm concerned about when I get out of bed is how my performance is and what my body's doing and how big my squat, like I have a whole different, like people don't realize like Corey Gregory from old school gym. That's what you're getting. That's my dream gym. When I walk in every day and throw my keys down. It wasn't the big thing we had at MP. It's not the glitz and glamor shit. Like, dude, if this was 1970, I'd just be another motherfucking weightlifter that probably might have been in the scene in Cali or maybe not. Of. Like, this is just me. And I just happen to live in an area where I'm not scared to be on camera. Uh, the podcasting thing, I'm into it. Like, I'm building a business and I've, and I've adapted to the Internet age. But, dude, if this was a different time, I'd still be lifting weights, bro.
0: Well, it's just me. No, I do. And and that's very clear. And again, there's an authenticity to you. And again, everybody wants to skip the steps and not pay their dues. And like you said, you you can get the flash and pan success and and make it, especially when it's about the way you look. I mean, you can tap into that for some time. But, you know, if you build a house on a shitty foundation, it ends up falling down. And I think a lot of people right now that might be having success that can't fall back on, you know, being able to speak or form a sentence or, have thoughts bigger than just working out, you know, they're going to be in for a real awakening because all these bubbles, uh, there will be oh, a social course. media bubble at some point, And maybe all of a sudden email newsletters will be important again, or, and again, this I'm isn't so. just, yeah, I mean, exactly. <laughs> Cause you've got a big list. Um, it, it isn't just in fitness. It, this is all stuff that people are dealing with right now where all the traditional, you know, industries or paths to success in business have been flipped upside down and, uh, You know, all the stuff you went to school for uh, doesn't really mean much uh, in today's day and age. If you want to be seen, heard. You mentioned drugs. So I I tend to almost always ask people that I get on the show about that, you know, are in the space and see people all around them taking drugs, but have stayed true to themselves and stayed natural. Um, You're a drug free lift your whole life like myself. And, you know, what's your opinion uh, it's because it's not just people in fitness making money off of fitness taken. It's all these casual exercisers and it's all these people now that are giving young kids the perception you can look like that. If you just, you know, eat, follow my meal plan or do my workouts. Uh, and then to the ladies, you see all these women that like, I mean, I don't even know, I don't know what is real anymore in the body, but you know, uh, and then giving them this perception of like, I'm not good enough. No matter what I do, I even start. Cause I'll never look like that. mhm and I've heard you on your own podcast, Business and Biceps, great podcast, by the way. You also check out; it's it's crushing, it. Thank I you. see on the iTunes uh, Top charts, 10, homie. We getting it. <laughs> wow, man! It's, see, there it is. Like it's it's if you want to do it, you'll do it, man. Um, but you talked about it on one episode, and, I, and you really came off very passionate about it. You want to touch on that topic? Yeah, I think that here here is the
1: basics of it. Right, I set on out on this journey to to create something. And how, and this is just my, my opinion, how could I then walk in and look my son square in the face and tell him I did it and then not tell him like, not say, Oh, by the way, daddy uh, used drugs to do it on top of it. Now, look, that's not everybody's opinion. That's my opinion. That's the way I wanted to do it. I wanted him to know that it, was hard work and there's still guys that take drugs that work hard. see that's where it gets kind of weird right What I have the most problem is is the gray area players that I hear guys kids at the Arnold Classic because the Arnold Classics in where I live in Columbus and I- I've been there 18 out of the 30 years like I'm a staple I used to sell programs there when I was 20 and arguing back and forth with each other on if this guy or that guy takes drugs no he's clean. I want to say, motherfucker, he ain't clean. He weighs 260 and he shredded, <laughs> he ain't fucking clean. Like, but the problem is, is that that gray area, here's what I would much rather have. The reason why I love Westside Barbell or even in Arnold's day, he, he admitted that he took steroids. Like, just tell people. So at least when they look at me and they go, well, this guy's only a buck 85 and peeled to the bone and this dude's 225. Well, now we know why. Like, just, just say, look, dude, I take drugs that my program, my supplements plus drugs. When you come to me, it's every day, my program, all that volume, all that craziness, not cheating on my diet, plus taking some plus barely sleep. Like that, those results are culminated over years and years of trial and error. Like I'm not, not telling you something. That's the key. Like the not telling something bugs the fuck out of me. Some of my best friends in this world training-wise, take drugs and have for 15 and 20 years. One, we're not business partners. Two, they've been great coaches to me because they're smart. So every time we talk about drugs between the two of us or these other few guys, I would say, man, I hope you don't take offenses. No, man, it's just the path you took. You have a stance on it, and that's the way. But they never didn't say it. It's just that—that that is my problem is leaving these kids – Because I feel obligated as one of the OGs in the industry at this point because, look, the super OGs are getting old, man. Like there's this next wave of people that we're in this category that have social influence, maybe not the most huge social influence, but we got people's ear. We was the guys on the covers. Now the cover shit is over. That shit's gone. It's like, but, dude, we're going to be known as these OGs, and we have to keep that stuff straight. I just think Uh it's a very skewed ordeal right now. And it's not getting any better. I, I do think that I've had a good influence on a lot of guys and girls both, and they understand it can be done. And, and I'm, I'm trying to carry that torch, man, not only being a drug-free athlete, but looking what good, you know, well into your 40s and hopefully 50s and continuing to compete and truly living this lifestyle. And that's saying, that's but man, that gray area shit bugs the fuck out of me, BJ, because I can't help that, you know, I've got every ounce of potential out of my body drug-free every ounce bro <clears throat> I don't think I could give anything
0: more I, I honestly I honestly believe that you know and that's part of the reason that I could never have gone that route the, the, a just being scared of like who knows what the hell's gonna happen to your oh. body first of all yes <coughs> second of all we didn't like, talk about the health risks. no I mean yeah, that, that's not healthy? even <laughs> uh you, I was hearing uh Dan John one of the legendary strength coaches uh track and field guy and He was talking openly about all the guys that used to be friends of his are like dead because they did take drugs and it just destroyed the organs. And, you know, but that side of it, because, again, when you're young, you don't even think about that piece, the health piece, uh, which Mm -hmm. is the scary part about it. But for me, it was like I could never look myself in the mirror because I would be cheating myself. The beauty of training is you've got to build an ability to maximize what you've got and find that genetic ceiling and get as close to it as possible through the right integration of training, nutrition, supplementation, recovery, sleep, lifestyle, you name it. And I, I, as easy as you could say, oh, I could do it faster with this stuff. It's like, but you're going to be so empty by the time it's done. And so it's always blown my mind. I mean, what are what are telltale signs that you see? Because again, part of, I never go to these expos because it's so depressing to me just to see a bunch of uh, juiced out guys <laughs> shirtless, like flexing for yeah. people that will never look like them. You know, like you will never look like these people. My thing is if you want to be
1: Mr. Olympia, you have to take drugs. Like I I get that there's, I'm not saying I agree with it, but I understand that's like their passion of what they want to do. And that's what they're going to have to do. Okay. We can use that as an example. The guys that don't even aren't in the industry, they don't compete. You're just trying to look big and bloated at the expo on saturday i don't understand that (laughs) i just don't i don't get it because i've had a lot of guys i'm like at least use it towards something you know what i mean that's my thing i think like it would make sense if we rationalized it it's what we do but if you're like an accountant and you take steroids to look big on bicep day at lifetime fitness are you fucking kidding me Like, dude, I just don't, I just never understand it, bro. Um, but what, what I see is, oh man, there's, you know, usually if God, dude, very rarely is there many people that are two hundred and fifty and shredded. I mean, that just doesn't really happen. You can tell by the tint of the skin, you can tell by no hair, you can tell there's a million telltale signs. Here's what I've realized. I used to give everybody, unless it was obvious, the benefit of the doubt. You know, I've ran drug-free organizations. I've done drug testing or local bodybuilding shows. I've been tested a bunch of times. Uh, I've been around it my entire career kind of holding this like torch for it. I used to give guys the benefit of the doubt. Now I just don't anymore. I just assume if you look like a freak in person, like pictures can be skewed because I can weigh 175 pounds and have a pump on. And look like I'm taking drugs. Cause I'm so, I'm so lean. I'm dialed in. I've got, you know, my muscle bellies are, are bigger nowadays than I'm older. And so I see how guys can accuse me at times. And my discipline is really high. So I'm able to get super lean. I can get striations in my lower back. A lot of guys don't even know what that fucking feels like or looks like. But once again, this is my job. I should be able to be that good at it. Right? So I think that when I see a guy in person that's peeled, I don't assume that he's taking drugs, but if he's peeled and he's fucking huge, unless I see his dad and he looks the same way, you know what I'm saying? Like you can see, I have some, met some genetic freaks. I had a guy come to my gym, 215 pounds, shredded to the bone. I saw what he was eating. He was competing in bodybuilding shows. He had, he didn't even know 30% of what I knew. Then his dad walked in and his dad was 245. You know,
0: it was a, ja-
1: I mean, so there is guys out there that are like that, but it's a really small percentage.
0: Big time. And, and you know, to that point, do you get accused? I mean, I, it's so funny, uh, cause I'll make a, a, a post about, you know, uh, mocking or just challenging people who take drugs and act like they don't. And, uh, someone will say, well, <clears throat> you're juiced out of your mind. You have nothing to stand on. It's like, do you know what I'd look like if I took the juice? If yeah. I was on the sauce, oh, like strong, it would be like, like, it would be like a WWE saying. wrestler. I'm 225, 6,2. I played football, yeah. so obviously I have a body type Apparently, that leans toward. Yeah, so you know, and um, I guess if anything, if we've gotten to the point where people could accuse us of taking it, it's a credit to the dedication and the work ethic. But yeah. even then, it's like, I mean, I, like if you think I take steroids, you have no idea what that shit can do.
1: Well, here's my thing. Like, it's one thing I have a hard time holding my tongue on Rachel. My wife will always be like, why are you even saying anything back? It's like, when I'm accused of it, I like unleash it because it's like so important to me. And I'm always like, dude, I weigh a buck 75 in that picture. I'm six foot tall. Like, come on, man. Like really? I would be like 205 probably shredded with veins on my abs. Like I had friends that did it both ways. They just told me, Gee, it's way harder the way you do it. Like, you know, the things they were able to eat up to their bodybuilding show, the thing, the, the energy that they had, um, the way that they recovered. Like they literally – it is it is easier. I don't give a fuck what anybody says, especially as a 40-year-old athlete. I mean I'll be 40 this year, and I mean I don't feel like I'm slowing up at all. You know, look, I've got little knick-knack injuries here and there, and that's frustrating from time to time. But when I talk to Frank Zane, he's 70 still looking awesome. And he goes, look, man, everybody hurts when they're old, bro. You can hurt and look good or you can hurt and be strong and, and, or you can hurt and look like shit and feel like shit. Like the end of the day, everybody got aches and pains, but I I'd rather pick this side of the tracks and have it come from a natural way and training and keep myself strong. And it's a lifestyle. So that's just, look, it's all subject to what you're into. Some people can rationalize the other way. I just wasn't able, never able to.
0: I feel you, man. And you've been, so you went from coal miner to cover model, 12, 12 covers you made over the course of your career. And, yep. and then you decided to enter kind of more of the business side and you were the president of muscle farm. Can you kind of take mm-hmm. us through that story also culminating in yeah. pitching the goat of bodybuilding himself, Arnold Schwarzenegger on being coming, becoming a part of the team? Yeah, absolutely. It kind of starts back in when I was
1: 15 years old, I asked for phosphagen for Christmas. <laughs> so I asked for creatine talk about a fucking muscle head right so creatine was expensive I want to say I was like yeah maybe 15 or 16 I asked for it for Christmas I was pumped and that was you know Bill Phillips that was EAS and I just remember reading Body for Life I didn't do I didn't do the the program cuz that wasn't really what I was into but I was just like under you know content at that time muscle media excuse me muscle muscle and fitness those type of things you know, the internet really wasn't rocking yet so I just remember reading about Bill Phillips, seeing what he was doing. And although I always looked up to Arnold and Franco and Frank Zane and the golden era bodybuilders, like Bill Phillips was always kind of in the back of my head as a businessman of supplements and the way that he did things. And so in about two, so I built my personal training business for, like I said, close to a decade. In like 2005 or six, I had met a supplement, um, uh, a supplement, uh, formulator named Dr. Eric Serrano, who's really well known with amino loading and just some really unique techniques in the space. And I realized he lives literally in, uh, three miles behind my gym, but his office, and that wasn't my gym at the time, but his office was very close to where I was at. So I just started showing up at his office, like told him he needed to know me, told me we were supposed to be friends. I told him we were supposed to be friends, like, you know, just keeping it kind of fun. I just kept going back until finally he was like, what the hell? And I was like, man, I just want to learn from you. I read about you and how can we, you know, basically how can we be friends and how can you help me with my drug testing in this organization I want to do and help me with my own training and protocols. And so I started getting into like being his test subject for amino loading, for diets, for fat loading, for keto type stuff, for anabolic diet type stuff with Mario Di Pasquale and doing all these unique things because he knew I didn't take drugs. So how could I create protocols to give myself almost a drug response through nutrition, through supplementation. And that's what we did, man. And so I learned a ton off Eric. And what that did was that created this mind of like, maybe I should start looking into how I could create my own protein powder. And and I started it early, man. And just, I didn't understand manufacturing. I didn't understand what it took. um, And so I just kind of toyed with it and then just kind of put it to bed. And then I I met um, my former partner, Brad, in uh, late 2008, I was, uh, or I'm sorry, late 2007, I was getting supplements from a different brand as like a sponsored athlete when that was like really a big deal back then, you know? And in 2008, we kind of um, started chatting a little bit about he wanted to start a, a supplement company. He understood the manufacturing side. I understood, obviously, the application and um, customer service, and had Eric. And I said, you know, I think. I think we can make this happen together. And that's when he was like, Hey, do you want to start a company called muscle farm? And I was like, fucking let's go. And
0: it's, it's a brutal business cutthroats. And even when you're formulating stuff, like you can, you can pay for a bunch of stuff at precise ratios and still end up getting something that doesn't taste the way it tasted in, in sample oh. tests. Right. I mean, it's, it's so it's not hard. not an easy process. Not
1: an easy process. Um, Obviously, a lot of money wrapped up in it. And, yeah, we started uh, MP in April of 2008. I think we launched in September. Um, You know what's interesting is Brad did have the foresight of marketing with inside the UFC. It was a really good, at that time, awareness profile. All the college kids were watching. It It was free on Spike. The barrier of entry was pretty, uh, pretty minimal. And so, you know, we started with four or five SKUs. And I believe in UFC 96, we had our first sponsored athlete. Um, and, and we saw some decent return on that. And then we just kept raising capital and putting it into that type of marketing. And, and honestly, within four-year period, there probably wasn't one person in the space that hadn't seen that lime green MP all over TV, fight after fight. And we were one of the major players within the UFC. And my logo sat beside Bud Light. Harley and all the big boys. And that was a pretty surreal moment when I'm watching TV with my friends and my, my company's all over it. And it's on the video game and it's, you know, multiple fighters, Anderson Silva, Lyoto Machida, Rashad, Rampage, all the best of the best were repping our supplements. And even though we weren't an MMA brand, that was the way we broke into the mass channel of people understanding who we were and what we were about. But it that was a, that was a really big key. Uh, simultaneously, we built a whole IRB, so we had the only supplement brand that was actually testing and publishing studies um, for athletes. So we had a unique thing going on at MP. Um, it was fun building it. Was about I did that for like seven or eight years. Um, it was it was an interesting ride.
0: And you built it up to what was it a fifty billion dollar? I'm sorry, fifty million dollar a year company. Uh, 180, 180 Wow. So. Yeah, well uh, I a little bit with, of success yeah a lot of
1: success but also not success and that's what I like to talk about like we sold a half a billion dollars in product BJ wow. which is pretty fucking crazy in in that period of time but it it grew so fast there was't and I, dude I'm, I would never claim to be some crazy I wasn't the CEO I was the president for and then we had to bring in more executives and people of operational skills way surpassing mine it grew, It out. It outgrew us too fast. It was almost like um, it took off. It quadrupled every year for three years. I mean, wow. that's an astronomical... I mean, I, I remember doing a million bucks and then I was thinking, man, if we could just go to two million and then the first quarter of the following year we did a million. Then I remember doing four million and thinking, oh man, if we go to eight, the first quarter of the following year we did four million. Then I remember like, oh shit, like, we did 20. Like, if we... And then the first quarter of the following year, we did 17. It was like literally from, you know, a million bucks to 70 million, like a blank. I'm getting emails where, you know, I'm selling a million, two million in a day. The problem is, though, when you're a top line producing company, meaning you're pushing, you're marketing, you're in a very saturated space It just, it wasn't ran all the way properly. It just is what it is. I don't have no problem saying that because it wasn't all me. It was a multiple guys. And I think that was the demise of it long-term. It did not have the proper structure for that growth. Now, what I learned from that though was here's how you really do something big. Here's the pitfalls of it. Here's the processes of it. Here's the people you get to create relationship with. I got a chance to pitch Arnold Schwarzenegger and work with him. We're still friends to this day. We crushed his line and launched it at Venice beach, got a chance to sit in front of my idol and not piss down my leg and get him as a business partner and have him look at me on the cover of fitness RX and see my videos. And just like, I mean, dude, I walk into Arnold's office and dude, his Mr. Olympia trophies on the shelf, his, you know, best arms from 1960 or 72. AAU, Mr. World. Like, dude, it was so intimidating but I prepared all these years to be in front of this man. I just knew he was going to be my business partner. I was eerily calm and really confident in a non cocky way. Like it was one of these things where he just knew that I knew what was up and he's operated like that with me ever since that day. Even to this day, I go to his house every Christmas, um, for for a Christmas party and get to catch up with them once other, other, during the year, like we've created a friendship through that business. So it all came through the ups and downs of building a big business like that. Um, but it, but it really taught me a lot and set me up with a, a good platform ongoing from them.
0: And from what I remember you telling me the story of when you pitched him in the boardroom, he's probably used to people like everybody wants to take from Arnold, right? Like what can you do for me, Arnold? Yep. And, and you made it all about what you could do for him and, and how you could yes. help leverage all the work he's done to date and build an incredible supplement line tailored to his, his needs, his, his demands. And, and you, you got him. And also like, I
1: think that he understood BJ that the golden era was my jam. Like if I lived in the, if I lived then I would have been there. It probably been on drugs like the rest of them. But at the time in the seventies, <laughs> like that was it, you know? So I think that Arnold understood when I was like, look, here's the deal kids are texting on their cell phone. No one knows. what. I mean, I run into guys now that are 18 years old that don't know what the word superset means. And I'm like, huh? So I'm like, where's the, I said, I know you own the pumping iron footage. Where the fuck is it at? How fast can I access it? Let me recreate the program. Let me, you know, basically splice it together. Let's do new voiceovers. Let's create a different feeling, provoke new feeling. When people see that footage, let's motivate these guys to get results and I know how to do it all. So I'm literally writing training programs with Arnold, having him voice over stuff that I put together like shots of him on the Olympia stage, you know, him at Gold's Gym, like stuff that had never been released before. I've seen every take that's ever been created of pumping iron. I'm one of the only people on the planet probably that's went through in the last 20 years. Every take I've been, I've seen all of them and and pulled some stuff that was just so dope. And then, you know, interviewed him in my gym, interviewed him in his office for multiple hours, creating content that was, dude, it was just fabulous. To be honest, it was unbelievable. And so I think he just, he knew this kid understands what it is to get in shape. I was on the cover of fitness RX with my kids that month. I had that with the, with me in the meeting. He saw that he saw inside. It was at my gym. He saw how grimy the gym was. He got, a, he got a feel for me. Um, he's just good like that, dude. Like, you can just tell He he's just been in so many boardrooms and done so much business and reads people. And he's been all over the world. He just locked on my story and what I was about real fast. And to this day, BJ, like when I just saw him a few months ago, he never asked me about business first. He always asked me about training first. Every time. Because he knows... That was why he wanted to to work with me. It wasn't because I had some crazy. I'm some crazy businessman because I'm really not. Like he knows that my passion lies in fitness and helping people. And dude, when I was at his party two years ago, Betty Weeder was there, and he introduced me to Betty Weeder like this. Hey, Betty, this is my friend Corey. We've worked together in the past. He squats up to 500 pounds almost daily, and he's got crazy abs. You should feel him real quick. Like, dude what and then he goes remember when we used to squat we only like to do it once a week or twice a week joe used to try to make us do it more like dude (laughs) betty weeder what like what i was like looking at me like i was looking at arnold like did i just hear him say that shit what the fuck is going on
0: (laughs) (laughs) and for for those listening too you know if you haven't yet seen pumping iron it's on netflix it's one of the best documentaries of all time not just in fitness many people consider it one of the uh You know, the best documentaries. Right. Uh, and and it, it launched Arnold Schwarzenegger as a bona fide personality and movie talent. Sorry. And it, it's so entertaining. If you're ever needing that external motivation every once in a while to get up for a workout, it'll definitely get you up for a couple. And uh, yeah. Joe Weeder is, is obviously one of the godfathers of bodybuilding. He worked with Arnold uh, in developing a lot of equipment and, and stuff like that. Um, I forget sometimes that people are listening.
1: Here. He, he brought Arnold here.
0: Yeah. he. he, he some could say he discovered him, right? I mean, yeah, absolutely. He was
1: the driver behind – the reason why Arnold never did supplements is because he didn't want to compete against Joe. Until Joe passed away is when he started entertaining the thought of doing a supplement line. Wow. That's it. He just – he has a handshake deal still to this day with the Arnold Classic guy, Mr. Lormer, who lives here in Columbus. He's 91 years old. They've never had a contract. They've been doing it on now every continent for you know well over – the third, this is the 30th year anniversary of this one, but it brings millions and millions here to Columbus every year. It it just, he's
0: an OG bro. I just, I'll never operate the same way after understanding what it's like to deal with Arnold. So you've got this crazy successful supplement company beyond your wildest dreams, but you kind of in a way outgrew it. and, And, and as you kind of mentioned before that they felt like they outgrew you or they wanted you to become something that you weren't. And, yeah. you basically said deuces and left. And what what was that like? Because, you know, I, I've been in situations, too, where obviously I left men's health and you lose some juice. You know, people that were always open to your text, or your email or, you know, now you can't do anything for them. So they don't give a shit about you. And you're mm-hmm. you're, you're starting over now at a later point in your life, which feels even more defeating. Right. You know, because it's like you did all this work and take us through that, because that, that is such a powerful story and message. Yeah, I think it's like. Yeah.
1: On the outside, it was just so grand. Right. But on the inside, it was, there's things not matching up. Uh, I would say morally, I think that with me that I knew were wrong and I wasn't down with no more. I think there was, um, for me, I honestly think as a personality was limiting me, I wanted to do more podcasting. I didn't, I don't want to do retail business, like meaning like deal with, you know, GNCs of the world. That's not really my jam, right? I'm more of a customer guy. And when the new board didn't really match up with how we had built it or what I saw it going forward, you know, I built the social media from ground one. I did all the programming for bodybuilding.com. Like, dude, I was responsible for my content multi hundred millions of page views on bodybuilding.com. We were selling over 30 million a year just there. And most of it was based around my content. Like I understood what I had created through this um, this vehicle, right? And I know what works because I'm a practitioner. And so when shit started changing from practitionership to what the board thinks, not for me. And I just got up one day and I told Rachel, I'm like, look, we've been entrepreneurs. You know, she, she's by default had to be because she got brainwashed by me. But at the end of the day, I said, look, we ain't ever starved ever since I got out of the coal mine, I I've never had a job. Like my job is fitness and what I do. And I'm like, I'm just done. So I called in there to everybody's surprise being one of the founders and said, it's time for me to move on. I'll make this real easy on you guys. Just get my paperwork and I'm out. I want to sign. I was getting ready to sign with Reebok. I was creating Corey I wanted to do some more podcasting. I'm like, I don't need to be in supplements for close to a year. I'm good. I made it real easy. I was an angel on my non compete. I never ruffled any feathers. It wasn't about that. It was just time for me to to leave and 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 be responsible for what I could create, or if I if I you know started some new partnerships. And the next day, I got up on fire, man. I was so excited. I was like, but I was also it's like it's like a baby, man. You get it to a certain point, and I didn't get to see it all the way grow up because it was hindered by a bazillion problems. And it was like, you know what? My dream something different now. And that, that's really what I had to get on to. And my internal hashtag was no fall off. You know, most people thought I was just going to fall off because I don't have this machine behind me anymore because of this. And I was like, ah, thats I'm like, now I'm going to do it ultimately the way I wanted to in the first place. The other thing did its thing. It served its purpose. I got the story. I've created the relationships. I've done all these things. But I want to direct a customer brand. I don't want to deal with, and and everything's moving that way anyway. I wanted to create an internet business a membership business, product business. I want to put more time into the gym. And just like we're doing now on the podcast, I've got one of the top 10 business podcasts on all of iTunes. I wanted to tell these stories and teach with my new business partner, John Fosco. I wanted to build the gym with Dustin Myers, my high school friend and strength coach of Ohio State and Annette Grant, who's our business partner there. Like I wanted to create this you know, uh, supplement business that was different and creative and new and look completely different than what I, I wanted that challenge. Right. And now we just signed on Ronda route, not even signed her. She's a business partner. Ronda Rousey's a percentage owner and a business partner. Now in the business, we're getting ready to launch a women's line. Like I wanted to see like how build, how big could I build something that sells in one place just on my website? How, how, like, how can I disrupt the industry with marketing, I wasn't able to do previously because I, I there was a little bit of a, a problem because it was more corporate. How could I um, build a new model, which my stack model is? Any product, any three products is 100 bucks in a free t shirt. Any five products is a 160 in a t shirt. It's like everything's the same retail price. Like I just had these concepts. I wanted to see if they would work. In Newsflash, they fucking work. You know what I'm saying? It's like, so I wanted that new challenge. And I got up and literally, I told you this BJ, when we came and worked like, or when I came and worked with you at men's health a little bit, dude, a couple months into it, I couldn't fucking believe I didn't leave faster, straight up. I was way happier at all my kids stuff, making more money than I was making previously. And I was like, the fuck was I thinking? But you never know. And it's scary to take a, take a jump. But I'm one of those people that's like this. Once I make my decision, I'm out, bro. And I don't look back. I unfollowed all the social media that I created, by the way. I you know don't talk to any of the people I don't want to talk to. They're just out of my life. And the new Corey, which is, I believe, the third rendition, there was the 10 years that was personal training. There's the eight or 10 years that was strictly MP and supplements. And now there's the third version, which I believe is based around still supplementation, still on training, but this media portion of Teaching and giving back, which is becoming such a passion for me outside of fitness, that I, I maybe look forward more to that now because I know the impact it's having. And I'm telling people the fucking truth like, this shit is hard. But if you're willing to dedicate a bazillion hours of your life, anything can happen. I proved it. I was business partners and I'm friends with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I loved, lived in a trailer in the middle of Ohio and had no abs and didn't have a gym membership at 17 years old and i weighed like 150 pounds and no one knew fuck who i was i mean dude it can happen
0: (laughs) and now you get paid to lift weights which is the ultimate business plan in the beginning right lift weights and get paid i always tell people it just means something different maybe
1: every five or ten years but it's all the same goal i get up and i do what i love every day and i'll never I knew, BJ, if it didn't work out, at least I could go to the grave saying I tried. I swear to you, when I went and opened that first gym, I was like, I dedicated everything to it because I was like, I am not going to give up on this dream. I, I really believe it can make it. And I'm telling you, coming out of the coal mine, if I never made it past that 900 square foot personal training studio, I had five grand in with 15 clients. I still was successful in my book, bro. Successful is different. It's it's not that I can drive a Bentley if I want to and oh, I got Arnold's home phone number. I'm like, fuck, I couldn't conceptualize any of that shit, dude. It's like, can I do what I like to do and get paid similar as I used to get for shoveling coal? That's the only thing I could grasp with my head. And once that happened, I was like, shit, I'm balling. Like, this is what I this is what I want. All this other stuff, just progression of believing in yourself. That's
0: it. And within a year, and this is why like people that find success after, you know, beating, being quote unquote unsuccessful, facing obstacles or leaving and being on their own, you know, that was graduate school for the next steps. And you, you, within a year or so built a set seven figure supplement company, Max Effort Muscle. You did the same with your online Corey G Fitness membership site. So many things in the mix right now. And, uh, I mean, it's uh, again, it's a credit. Like if you were just one of those guys or gals that came out and had two years of success and then all of a sudden it was all pulled from underneath you. No fucking way that happens. Right. I mean, I was built on 20 years, two decades of hard work, connections, networking, you know, uh, I mean, you name it. And and now you're you're looking happier than ever.
1: Dude, I'm having so much fun. I mean, we're affiliating the old school gym all over the country. I got just like a CrossFit model. I got a gym opening in New Jersey. I got another one just open in Ohio. We got one that's going to open in North Carolina. Like, because nothing pure can be um, can be taken down, right? If it comes from the most purest thoughts, and it's it's the fake shit that eventually falls. Maurice Claret told me a, an amazing quote. I'll have to send it to you. But it was like, he's like, gee, the reason why it's working is because and continues to work is because it's fucking real. Like you can't talk about it in a fake way. You can't change the way you act. You can see it on your face. You can see when you, when you walk in the gym, like it's the fake shit that is really hard to keep up and lie about and, and, and not, and be in that gray area. And that shit, that shit always works its way out. And so that's why I'm not going anywhere. That's why I believe Oh yeah. Not everything's easy. I still have hard days and lots of things I got to deal with. But at the end of the day, like the stuff I I've, I've done is always like progressed and no matter ups and downs, I've kept moving forward. And I got to tell you, like this, at this point in my life, I'm, I'm more happier than I, than I've ever been. And that other stuff is just a phase of my life, man. I thought it was the end all be all, but I got so much more in a tank bro. I'm having a blast.
0: I love it, man. And you're obviously a very enlightened guy. What You've been doing the training and diet grind for such a long time. And, you know, it, we have to be careful, too, because uh, we have to remember what we were like when we first started and have that perspective. Yeah. Right. Because we get a lot of, quote unquote, beginner questions. Um, one of the things that I like to do, make these podcasts about not like, you know, oh, like six uh, furious fat loss tips. Like here's an example, right, uh, of how unfortunate it is that people are, like, so dialed in the weeds right now. Like, it's protein, produce, and water. That, that, <laughs> that, that's diet, right? But I've yeah. got people, I, I mean, a joke about, you know, celery is a low cal- the lowest calorie foods on the planet, and then peanut butter says, Let, let's see what we can do about that, because obviously, sure. fucking peanut butter, man. Um, and me. then someone, you know, this little quick joke, and they're like, what do you think about uh, almond butter versus peanut butter? And I'm like, you know, this is the type of shit that, like, a makes me want to kill myself. Yes. Um, and then we got all these biohackers now that like, you know, it's, and, and you know, you know, some of these, I don't have to name names, but like yeah. they're like injecting shit into their dick and they're, you know, like putting uh, peppermint on their stomach and, you know, going at the sauna exactly an hour and a half after the exercise to it maximize some sort of cute hormonal response. And by the way, they don't look as good as they probably should <laughs> with no. all these interventions. So we're, we're now being pushed to add as much clutter to the mind mm. as possible. Um, and I think that's why you do so well. You've got this old school gym. I think I saw like – is there like asbestos in like the upper right-hand corner of okay
1: fucking- uh, So that's what it looks like. It's actually a spray foam, but mad motherfuckers ask about that. That's what it looks like. <laughs> but we actually sprayed that shit on the walls. Uh, but I think I've simplified everything. Exactly. DJ, to be honest. I think that – and I honestly believe truly this is why Arnold – uh, you know, became my homie is like the 70s. The reason why it's called the golden era, the reason why we still look at those pictures is because it was simple. Because the bodies weren't overly drugged, the bodybuilding principles were hard work. They did double splits, they worked out six, like it was simple. They ate tuna fish, they ate green beans. You know, it's like they ate eggs. It's it just The the reason why I believe I've done so well is because here's the deal. I'm not going to be the biggest, the leanest, the strongest, but I'm never going. Like I am so consistent and you can tell I'm not bullshit because you just follow me. You can see it because I'm showing you like, yep, up again. Oh, wait, you've been watching me for how many years? I'm still up. I'm still doing this like. This is what I do. Uh, I walk in old school. Some days I pull the deadlift. Some days I don't. Like you see the ups and downs. You see the training. I'm a regular guy. I'm a regular guy that is extremely passionate and understood that the way that I win was not by any special thing except for consistency. And that's the way anybody wins, bro. It doesn't matter whether it's fitness or business. I've just taken what's worked for me as a fitness guy And pushed it into these other businesses. Because if you can always count on me, if I'm your business partner, if you can always count on me to be there on time to do these things, I just do what I say I'm gonna do. That that is purely I know that's a lost art nowadays, but I'm gonna tell you, that has been my key to success. Guys ask me all the time, what's your key to? I just started lifting weights. What's the key to look like you? Never fucking quit. Don't take two weeks off for no reason. Don't, you know, because somebody said do this or that. No, you start now and you quit. Never. That's it. That's it. That's the way. And you find out all these things on your own and you learn from different people. And I'm a mix and match of all these great power lifters and these great bodybuilders. And you put all in some Olympic lifting, you put that all together and you get me. And I'm, I believe when it's all said and done, I should have a legacy that I'm one of the most interesting characters out there because I learned from Louis Simmons personally. I learned from Arnold Schwarzenegger personally. I learned from John Bros. I've learned from some of the best that have ever walked into a fucking gym. And you mash that all together with Mario Di Pasquale and Dr. Serrano and all this diet stuff in my own trial and error and discipline. And this is where I believe my success has come from. It's because I really do
0: it. I'm not just like, it's not theory, none of it. And part of why I love what you do so much is again, my mantra is if you keep showing up, eventually you're the last person left in the room. And yeah. uh, I think you and I both operate under the same, you know, principles of motor, energy, passion, yeah. consistency, work ethic, and uh, lots of other maybe more gifted people out there. I, I, at least I can speak for myself smarter, better looking, stronger people no out there question. than me. But, uh, you know, I think we're still here because. Uh, they can't fucking break us. Well, here's the other thing, BJ, is and we still have to be here tomorrow and the next day.
1: Like we can sound awesome on this podcast, but if we stop those um, daily disciplines and that consistency, it's going to be gone. I really believe that. I believe that the reason why maybe I, you know, have stayed in this area is because I'm afraid to lose it because I like it. I love it. This is what I do, and and I, I just. I don't want to ever momentum is one of the hardest things to create and the easiest things to lose. And when you create momentum through consistency, just got to stay on the train, bro. And and I think that it takes a really long time. You're pushing this boulder up this hill all by yourself and eventually you get to the top and then it starts rolling. You can't get comfortable and that. you, You have to step on the gas even more. And I think that's one thing that I've, if I feel myself, getting comfortable, that's when I put something on the calendar to challenge me. That's why I did the muscle trifecta a few years ago. That's why I said, Hey, BJ, can you get me in for some? I, when I hit you up about men's health, no question. I want to be on men's health or in, you know, video, but I needed something that was going to push. I I even said it to myself. What right now will get me out of jump me out of bed? Something I've never done before, which is work with men's health. When you said, Hey, gee, by the, Oh yeah, cool. We'll do this dad bod thing. No problem. Well, that was different for me. That was in, uh, a motivating tool that I use to get in serious shape. All oh, by the way, while I got in serious shape, my membership went up 2,000. My supplements were blowing up. Like I utilize those things on purpose to create urgency in my life because I'm still one of the most consistent people. But when you have that goal and it creates urgency, it takes it into overdrive. And I have literally done that exact same thing that I just said to you since I can remember. And I, and I really believe that consistency with those urgency points throughout the year is what's created by business and this crazy dude, they call Corey G
0: dude. <laughs> I love it, man. So much good stuff today. Can you <clears throat> tell everybody where they can find out more about you? Max effort muscle, the podcast, Corey G fitness. Yeah. I think the best spot man is a uh, max for,
1: you know, the supplements, listen to business and biceps. Um, you do hear some fitness stuff, but it's more passionate about stories and business and You know, we just added Maurice Claret, which is an unbelievable, interesting, uh, thought-provoking man that was one of the best running backs on the planet, you know, got all the way to where he was incarcerated for four years and now has rebuilt himself into a seven-figure businessman himself. John Fosco, my partner in multiple businesses, who was the best and a most powerful marketing agent inside of the UFC and um, not only was an agent to some of the stars, but also is bought and sold multiple seven figure businesses and you know had a lot of turmoil as a kid as did reese and myself and it's a very very intriguing panel of discussion and, and i believe that it all comes from the right place and that that's why it's doing so well but i would say and, and i'm at Corey g fitness on all social media look if you're already on the daily bj you do you're being taken care of good enough you you, you just, just follow me on Instagram and holler at me every now and again, but I appreciate you letting me address the, your crowd and hopefully try to motivate them a little bit.
0: Well, no, man, and, and tell them about your site. The, the biggest thing for me, and I tell this to my members, like I, I've had, uh, I've had people come to me that were part of your site or Jeremy Scott's site. And I said, sure. First of all, like, and, and I actually sent this to Jeremy Scott recently where someone was like, you know, I was doing Jeremy Scott stuff, but like, I think your approach is probably better. So I'm going to join you. And I'm like, wait, hold the fuck up. Yeah, Cause I know for a cool. fact, like I know for a fact, uh, it's not Jeremy's, Jeremy's fault. Too. Yeah, no, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not Jeremy's <laughs> fault. You're not getting results. And all of a sudden it comes out he's drinking beer every fucking day. And you know, so, um, it, it really isn't like guys like you and I, we, we, we have a membership side. Technically you could say it's competitive, but it's not because ultimately I may not be the right guy in terms of the way I communicate the message to make it so that you show up every single day. It might be you. Maybe you sure. start with, maybe, maybe you end up with Corey, uh, maybe you end up by Jeremy nice or or whatever, right? So um, to me, it just yeah. I want you to find the people I put on this podcast are people that it, I, I trust. Uh, I trust you ending up in their hands if I can't do right by you. So yeah, um, be- I appreciate that.
1: Uh, Coreygfitness dot com. It's a, a membership website. We have members over a hundred countries. You know, I've been doing it since uh, two thousand fifteen, December of two thousand fifteen. So. Once again, we've had some ups and downs in that business, but at this point, we've got a really good functioning app. Um, we have multiple four-week workouts, tons of daily stuff. I put up content every day. I really enjoy it. My mom does customer service; like it's it's a, it's truly a family business. My wife does all the bookkeeping. Like I answer emails still. I answer every question on there. It's a, it's. It's honestly, it's my it's it's my life's work. All these years, all these workouts, all the programming, um, and, and I'm a mix of a bodybuilder and powerlifter. BJ, what I love about the stuff you do is, you know, it doesn't require usually a lot of um, a lot of equipment per se. There's a lot of in-home stuff, and so we do have, I think, vastly different training, you know, type of stuff. We we agree on a lot of stuff too. Um, but I'm I'm a guy who competes, you know, probably six or eight times a year in powerlifting, plus wants to look good. And so I've got and got some hacks in, in the diet side of stuff. But at the end of the day, it's once again, it's consistent. It gives them something to look forward to each each month with new training stuff. And I really enjoy the shit out of it. It's been um it was a great thing for me to start post muscle farm and, and honestly with max upper muscle supplements. It's just the experience of getting your your stack to your door in a burlap sack. No one else does anything like that. And the marketing's fun and skit-oriented. And all this stuff is just
0: uh, – I feel super blessed, BJ. I think I'm having an impact on people and I'm really enjoying it. Well, dude, you are. and Your supplements are awesome. It's one of the few supplement lines I'd ever recommend. Uh, I, see re- <laughs> I see your name come through there now and again. What's up? I see your name come through there. Yeah, man. I, I jumped on the uh, – the 50% sale end of year. That was a great one. <laughs> yeah, which we only do that once a year. That's uh, the turkey day. That's the Black Friday. Black Friday, that's, that's right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> please please follow cool. Corey, guys. He, he is an awesome dude. Um, and, and meeting him in person, spending time with him, uh, That this is the exact guy, by the way, that just spoke for the last hour. So he, he is uh, truly authentic and uh, someone I think you should follow beyond just fitness, business, mindset, lifestyle motivation, man. Thank you so much for your time. Keep killing it. And, you know, you always have a friend and, and a resource here whenever you need it. I appreciate it, BJ. And I got to tell you, uh, helping me when
1: you were at Men's Health uh, meant the world to me. And you knew I, I wasn't going to make you look bad. I was going to come in and kill it. And uh, that, that meant a lot. And I got to tell you, seeing you on the cover of Men's Health when it happened, how long you worked for it, your entire career, it was it was awesome knowing you from those early days and seeing, uh, it on the newsstands, uh, just kudos to you, bro. And I'm glad you, I'm glad you got that knocked off your uh, list before you, you dipped out of there. It was pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, man. Well, I, like I said, I wish, uh, we could have gotten you on the cover at some point, but and in both cases, whether it was the cover I was on and the, the content you did, we, uh, we got in right before shit hit the fan. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's all, it's Absolutely. all about timing. Sorry. It's all about timing. So I appreciate,
1: uh, I appreciate you having me on. So
0: Thank you, man. Guys, follow Corey everywhere. Uh, There will be uh, notes to the show to learn all the links and stuff like that. Thank you for your time. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace thanks so much for listening to the weekly BJ podcast if you enjoyed this episode please give us a five-star rating and subscribe to the podcast to be notified when each weekly episode is posted follow me everywhere on social media at bj Gador, bj double and for more podcasts plus workout meal prep and mobility content please visit the dailybj.com hashtag not a porn site membership is just 969 per month Cancel any time.